And so when pastor started speaking for the month on the Holy Ghost, I thought, well, maybe I ought to change it and do something different, right? But, you know, I prayed and prayed about it, and I didn't get anything different. And so that tells me that the Holy Spirit, this is what's on his mind. He wants people to know who he is, right? And he's wanting us to know how to relate to him. And so I'm going to stick with that, but it will be different from what pastor's been speaking to you about, okay? Because I'm coming at it from a little bit different perspective. I'm talking more about the Holy Spirit himself, okay? So recently, now I know y'all hear me. I'm going to move this down here because everybody's on this side of the room. I'm sure y'all don't mind me doing that. Megan was just about to come help me with that. (laughs) Recently, I know y'all have heard me say this before, I like to watch those near-death experiences, you know. Now, I like to watch the Christian ones. I need to put this out there. When you start watching them, you can hear all kinds of crazy stuff. If they start talking and what they're saying doesn't line up with what we know the Bible says, well, then I click right off of that because you know that the devil can, can, can show himself as an angel of light. But recently, I was watching one of this woman And it's interesting because it goes along with what we're talking about this morning. She had married a Muslim man um, against the better judgment of a lot of people, against a lot of advice, but she, she, she married this guy, okay? And at first she was super happy, but then as time went on, things deteriorated, and they were in the process of getting a divorce. But because he had no people over here, no place to go, she was allowing him to stay in the house. Well, long story short, uh, he, they were continuing their roles, although he had moved into a different room, and he was responsible for cooking the dinner every day. And so uh, she, she was working. She was the only one working. She went to work, and she came home, and he had made her a special dinner. Um, and he served her that dinner, and when she was eating the dinner, she realized that something about it didn't taste quite right, uh, not the way that it always tasted. But she thought, oh, well, I'll just go and I'll put some yogurt in it. And so she put the yogurt in it. And she said she felt very prompted to put the yogurt in this dish. And, 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 and she struggled back into it. And she thought, well, you know, do I really need the extra calories or whatever? She said, and, and she just kept thinking, well, I should put the yogurt in the dish. So she went and put the yogurt in the dish. And she ate it. And she started to feel bad. So she went and laid down. And somewhere in the wee hours of the morning, she awoke and discovered, she she needed to go to the restroom, and she discovered that she could not move. She was paralyzed. And she's laying in her bed, and she's paralyzed, and she's she's like, what in the world's the matter with me? Why can't I move my legs? Why Why can't I open my eyes? What's going on? Well, she's laying there, and she can't talk. And so she can't call out. She can't call out to her, her daughter or, you know, at that time, her husband. And, she's, and so she's laying there, and she's needing to go to the restroom, and she starts praying. And she's like, Lord, help me. I don't know what's wrong. Why can't I? And, and, and she's praying, and she's praying, and she's starting to get desperate. And she says, I've got to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. I can't get up. And a voice said to her, it's okay, my child. This will pass. Go ahead and go to the bathroom. And she said in that moment, she realized she knew exactly who the voice was. And it was the Holy Spirit. 
And she said the Holy Spirit was talking to her. And, it, and she's talking back to him. And she says, you know, what's the matter with me? And he says, you don't worry about that right now. And he started to talk to her about Jesus. And he's talking to her all along. And, and, and some hours go by and her husband comes into the room. And he walks over to her and she's thinking, oh, thank goodness, thank goodness. He's here. He's going to see that I have a problem. Okay. And so he comes over and he opens her eyelid, and she can see him when she opens her eyelid, but he drops it, he picks her arm up, and it falls on the bed, and so she's like, okay, so he's going to help me. Well, long story short, he molested her in that state, okay? Now, this is, this is harsh stuff, but I, I've got a reason for telling y'all this, okay? And she's horrified, but the Holy Spirit starts talking to her. He says, it's just an annoyance, my child, it's just an annoyance. Don't pay attention to this. Now listen to me. Just stay with me. And she said she knew that he was cradling her. And so while this was happening, she was able to just totally, uh, it was like it wasn't happening. She, could, she, could, she just could blank it out because she was busy listening to the Holy Ghost. And he was making her laugh on the inside. And he was talking to her. Well, when that experience was over, this husband comes back. Now, I know these are gory details, but I'm going somewhere with this, so just hold, hold tight with me, okay? I know that y'all all are like, what a way to start a Sunday morning. <laughs> Praise Jesus, but it's, go, but it's going somewhere. And he comes back, and he, he takes his hand, and he puts it over her nose. Well, somehow, when he did that, her mouth popped open, and she went, <gasps> well, now he realizes that she's alive, and, and he seems to go into a panic mode. And he, he gets her off the bed. He's already stripped her. He puts her on the floor, and she thinks, okay, okay. He's going to the bathroom, and he's running the bathtub. And now she thinks that he's going to clean her up and get her some help because now he realizes that she's still alive. So he runs the bathtub, and he comes back, and he does it one more time. He puts this on her nose. He puts it, and, and, and she... And now he seems to go into panic mode. And he, he tries to drag her to the bathroom and, and throw her in the tub. But he can't get her up, lifted up over the edge because she's dead weight. She's completely paralyzed. She said it was the one time in her life when she was terribly happy that she was overweight. So <laughs> it was the only time she was super thankful for being overweight. Praise the Lord. He could not lift her up over the side of the bathtub. At that point, it dawned on her that it, what his intention was not to clean her up. It was to finish her off. Well, she says, okay, she's laying there, and she's praying, she's praying, and the Holy Spirit kept saying to her, and he's talking to her. Every time she would get focused on him, he'd bring her back, and, 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 and uh, the, the ex-husband goes to the kitchen, and he gets some ice water. And she's laying on the floor, and he starts pouring the ice water. Now, the combination of whatever she had been poisoned with and the ice water created intense pain. She said it was like stabbing her or something. It was so painful, and she didn't know what the purpose of the ice water was. In my mind, I'm thinking he thought he'd send her into hypothermia and finish her off. I don't know, but whatever. So he's pouring this ice water over her, and the Holy Spirit kept saying, Now listen to me, child. It's just, it's just an annoyance. It'll pass. It's just an annoyance. Now, don't pay attention to it. And she said, during this time, the Holy Spirit showed her a picture of Jesus. 
And she saw Jesus and she saw the nail scars in his hands. And she saw the side that had been pierced. And knowing that the Holy, the Holy Spirit was with her, she knew specifically it wasn't Jesus that was with her at that moment. It was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was comforting her with this picture. Because when she saw this picture of Jesus, she was able, she, she, it, it, it translated to her, oh, all he endured for me. This is nothing but a minor annoyance. It's nothing but a minor annoyance. Now, when she's telling this story, long story short, he does kill her and she goes to heaven and she comes back. Jesus sends her back, okay? Now, she's talking about this on this story and this is the part I wanted to, the reason I'm telling you this. She said, the thing that was ironic about this, she said, was that I was so aware that this was the Holy Spirit. She said, but up until this time, she said, I had always just ignored the Holy Spirit. She said, because I just didn't understand the Holy Spirit. She's like, I understood God the Father and Jesus the Son. She said, but the Holy Spirit was kind of mysterious to me. She said, I knew he existed. She said, but in my mind, he was just like some sort of, um, you know, a mystical bird or a spirit that would fly around in church and sometimes would land on people and sometimes those people would behave odd or a miracle might happen. She said, but to me, he was just this mystery um, spirit uh, bird that would fly around. She said, and I had no understanding of what made him come or go or why certain people experienced it. And I had never experienced it. And so I just ignored him. I got to thinking about that. I'm like, there's a lot of people, honestly, that we, we've ignored the Holy Spirit. Because, why? Because there's not been a whole lot of teaching about it. Not him in specific, right? I know that for myself and in this church, we have a lot of people that come out of a lot of different denominations. I came out of the Baptist church. Now, I understood that the Holy Spirit was a part of the Godhead. All right, I, I, I knew that. But I always thought about the Holy Spirit as the power of God. You know, um, I, I thought of him as like the power of God and, and the conscience, in other words, when you did something bad and you, you felt bad about it, that's how I thought about the Holy Ghost. That was my perception of him. And I realized uh, we, we did our, our, our graduation, and, and Tracy herself was talking about in her testimony that before she came to this church, she just didn't really know a whole lot about the Holy Ghost or what was going on with the Holy Ghost uh, because in her going to different churches, that just wasn't a focus, okay? And so that brought me to the place to know that, you know what? There's maybe a reason why we're not cooperating with the Holy Ghost quite the way we need to. And it may be because we just really don't understand who he is and what he's doing here, right? And so I know that a lot of people in this church probably do know, but I also know that we have people coming in all the time from all kinds of other places, and they don't know. And some people that sit in church for quite some time, and they still don't have any real understanding of the Holy Ghost or, or, or how to cooperate with them. As a matter of fact, when I was talking about this this morning, even my husband was asking me some interesting questions about the Holy Ghost because he didn't know. Because it's just never talked about in, in, in a very direct way, right? Um, so, today, I'm going to endeavor to talk about, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. You know, who is he, and, and what's he doing, and, and why do we need him? You know, what, what, what's his purpose for us? 
okay? And we're also going to talk a little bit about the controversy and why people are resistant and so on and so forth. Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, the world needs to be taught to receive Jesus, but the church needs to be taught to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so we're going we're, we're gonna to take away a little bit of the mystery. Now, by no means will I be able to, to uh, you know, cover every aspect of it. I don't think anybody really could, not in three weeks. I mean, you'd, you'd have to spend a lifetime trying to cover the aspects of who, who God the Holy Ghost is, right? Um, but I'm certainly going to try and just bring it down to where we live. Amen. So the first thing is, is we need to know that he is not... Uh, he's, he, he's more than a bird. He's not just a bird flying around, although that is a way he was represented. He is not just wind, although that is a way he was represented. And he is not oil, although that's how he was represented. Those are just representations, just like Jesus was represented as a lion and a lamb, right? He was represented as a lion and a lamb. But Jesus himself, when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he is described as a he by Jesus. Now, he is a personal pronoun. In other words, the Holy Spirit has all the attributes of personality that you or I have, except minus the sin. He is a personality, right? Let's look at some examples. Okay. The Holy Spirit experiences and gives love, joy, peace, patience. Let's look at that. Let's look at Galatians 5.22. You got your Bibles. Turn there real quick. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. The, the, the fruit of who? Of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And so we see right here, right away, that he's able to, to do all. He's able to feel love and give love. He's able to experience joy and give joy. He's gentle. He's kind. He's long-suffering. Okay, we see these are all traits of, of, now we know he's a spirit, he's not a human, but it's the traits of personality. It's traits of uh, personhood, if you will. In other words, uh, he's not a human like you or I, but he does have all of the traits of personality because after all, we are made in the image of God. It originated with him, so... We could say, really, if we wanted to be honest, that we have all of the traits of a spirit. (laughs) I mean, if we wanted to be correct about it, that's the way we could go about it. Amen. Um, He also experiences sorrow or grief. Ephesians 4.30. Let's look at that. That's over just a couple of pages. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay? So we see here that not only can he experience love, joy, and peace, and gentleness, and and he's kind, but he can also be hurt. He can be grieved by our behavior. Uh, If you go on to read before that a little bit, uh, 
before that, he's talking about put away all filthy speaking and all manner of wickedness from you. And then he goes on to say this, uh, you know, about do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So the first thing I want to say to you, not only is the Holy Spirit with you all the time, but you can make him sorrowful. And he is sorrowful. But remember that the Bible tells us that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Well, the way where that one spirit with him is the Holy Spirit. Correct? And so we need to know, uh, not only is he not just power, but he is sensing and feeling the whole time he's with you. This is the first part of us coming into communion. We must understand that he has personality. So that we can come into communion with him. And one, one aspect that I want to just drive home is this aspect, to be aware that he's never, he's never away from you as long as you're on this earth. He's never away from you. You know, a lot of people will worry about, oh, you know, if I did this or I did that and the pastor saw me, I would never want the pastor to see me. The Holy Spirit is with you at all times. Yes. At all times. Pastor, we love him, we honor him, and of course we want to please him, but you should be so much more conscious of the Spirit of God with you. Who knows what you're doing when pastor's not looking. Amen? Amen? Our, our, our motivation, our motivation for, for good behavior had ought to be that, whoo, Spirit of God's with me. Spirit of God's with me. As a matter of fact, I think that if people could get very conscious of that, we'd see them overcoming a lot of things that they declare that they just can't overcome. A lot of things. People are like, well, I just can't stop it. Oh, well, I think that if you started practicing the presence of the Holy Ghost, you'd get, you'd get a lot better at stopping some of these things. Okay. Amen. Okay, so now, the next thing that we need to know is that nobody knew the Holy Ghost like Jesus. Nobody knew the Holy Ghost like Jesus. Let's just think about it. Jesus was with the Holy Spirit at the creation of the universe. Amen? He was with him before then. He was with him from before time began. But he was with the Holy Spirit at the creation of the universe. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Jesus was baptized by the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River. Jesus was empowered to minister by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so let's find out if Jesus knows him better than anybody. Obviously, he does since he's a part of the Godhead and they've been together always before time began. And he's walked with him in this earth and has now gone back to heaven, but yet Holy Ghost has stayed with us, right? Amen. But if Jesus knows him better than anybody, then let's find out what does Jesus have to say about the personality of the Holy Ghost. Let's look at John 14. Turn in your Bibles, if you have them, over to John 14. And we're going to read verses 16 through 18. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Okay? Now, I want to stop for a moment. This scripture is packed with information right there. Uh, and we're, we're going to cover some of that. But the first thing I want to address is that word, another. Another. Now, in the original Greek language, that word that, that was translated another, it means another exactly like Jesus. Remember when Jesus walked the earth and he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, in the same way, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Holy Ghost. And so when you're trying to put some kind of personhood, some kind of personality to the Holy Spirit, well, all you need to do is look to Jesus. All you need to do is look to Jesus. Was Jesus compassionate? Yes, he was. Was Jesus, um, was he kind? Yes, he was. Did he love? Did he feel joy? Did he feel sorrow? Did he, did he um, care about other people and, and take care of them? Absolutely. Absolutely. So then we've seen the Holy Ghost. Just as Jesus was a representation of the Father God, the Holy Ghost is a representation of Jesus. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is God, the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus is the Son. God, the Son. Right? Holy Spirit is also the Godhead. Amen? He's, he is a real personality. Now, the early church, they really seem to have a grasp on this in a way that we don't. Uh, you know, if you go back and read the Bible, as a matter of fact, let's go look at Acts 15. Just turn over to Acts. And you're going to go to chapter 15. And we're going to look at verse 28. And now, they're trying to make a crucial decision here. The disciples are making a crucial decision here about what they're going to, uh, you know, how they're going to deal with the new Gentile converts, okay? And it says this. It says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. So we see here in the, in, in the early church, they seem to have a communion with the Holy Ghost that we're just, we're just missing. If, even if they didn't have a specific word, they seem to know the personality of the Holy Spirit well enough that they could understand what would seem good to him. Right. Amen? They seem to know. Now listen, listen, Jesus spent a lot of time teaching the disciples about the Holy Spirit. If you go back and read all through John 14, 15, and 16, he tells them all about the Holy Ghost. Remember, the disciples had been with Jesus, and he had been their everything. He had been their teacher, their Lord. He had been the one that taught them how to minister. He taught them about their finances. He was the one who was teaching them how to perform miracles and how to cast out the devil, when to speak and when to pray. He had been their everything. They had given up their livelihood. And Jesus spent a lot of time assuring these, these disciples before his death, what was he doing? He was telling them, hey, hey, listen, guys, 
It's advantageous to you. It's, it's to your advantage that I go. Because when I go, another, one who is just like me, with the exact same personality, with all of the power, with all of the kindness, with all of the love, he's going to come and he's not only going to be with you in physical form. No, no. He's going to come and he's going to dwell in you and he's going to tabernacle with you. One just like me. It will be to your advantage. I'm not going to leave you an orphan. He did not want his disciples to be afraid. He did not want them to be afraid when he left this earth. He wanted them to understand that they were going to be empowered. Amen? And so you see here that they, they really had a grasp on who was the Holy Ghost. They were sensitive to what, what and, and who he was and what he would think. Amen? So, let's talk about that for a minute. Now, all of y'all are familiar with Dr. Mary Frances. And, and whenever she comes, she always starts out with this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Just turn in your Bible just over a couple of books there. Let's go to 2 Corinthians um, chapter 13. We have to ask our, our, ourselves a question. How come they seem to know the Holy Ghost so well and we seem to be lacking in that? Right? We have to, we have to go, hey, what, what's the difference here? Now, Dr. Mary Fran, every time she comes, you know that she opens up with this here verse. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion. Yeah. See that word? And the communion of who? The Holy Spirit be with you all. The communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, Mary Fran talks about this. She talked about how that she came out of the Catholic Church, right? And, and she, she also said the same thing. She said, you know, I'm hearing a lot about this guy, the Holy Ghost, and I don't think I really know him the way I need to. And so one day she's in her house, and so she says, you know, Father, I, I know a lot about God the Father, and I know about Jesus, you know, uh, uh, the Son, but, but Holy Ghost, I just don't really know you. And, and, and if you're the guy that's here with me, tabernacling with me, then I just got to get to know you. And so she said in her own words, in Dr. Mary Fran's words, I'm not putting words in her mouth here. She said, in my childlike faith, I just thought to myself, well, how do I get to know anybody? Well, the way you get to know any friend is you spend time talking with them, doing things with them, getting to know them, right? And so she embarked on a journey of communing with the Holy Ghost, and she'll tell you that it looks something like this. She would get up in the morning and she would say, well, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Ghost. Well, today, you know, I need to go uh, drop my children off, whatever. She would run through the list and she'd say, Holy Ghost, I'm going to go fix my hair now. What do you think about so-and-so and such-and-such? Holy Ghost, we're going to go down and do the laundry. You know, I like to fold my towels this way, and I like to do this and that and the other thing. She said she just started talking to the Holy Ghost like he was a real person right there present in the room with her like a friend. Like a friend. 
And she talks about how this went on for several months. She did this for several months. And then one day she was taking laundry into one of the bedrooms. She had been folding laundry and took it in there. And she realized, she says, well, Holy Ghost, I do all the talking. She, it just dawned on her one day, months and months into it. She said, huh, you know, I do all the talking in this relationship. She said, Holy Ghost, do you have anything to say that you'd like to say to me? And from that moment on, the Holy Ghost started downloading into her a whole lot of things that he had to say about a whole lot of situations. Amen. How many of y'all would say that Dr. Mary Fran has a good communion with the Holy Ghost? Amen. So I, I feel like we have a modern day representation uh, that we can look at, an example that we can look at to see what, what would this look like. Yes. Amen? Amen? Now listen, it sounds, I know it sounds very simplistic and childish, and all of us sometimes will say, oh, you know, Holy Ghost, help me with that. But I'm, I'm working on getting better and better at this communing with the Holy Ghost because I need his help. Yes. And dare I say, so do you. So do you. Amen. So what does that look like for me? Sometimes while I'm driving in the car, I will say, depending on what I'm going to do, you know, Holy Spirit, I'm going to work today and I need to get this, this and this done. And I'm just asking you to help me do that. Or I need to meet with this person or I need to do that thing or, or I need to get up and teach this morning. And I'm asking you to anoint that. Amen. Listen, I need the Holy Ghost. I need him. We all do. Or Jesus wouldn't have sent him. Jesus wouldn't have prayed and Father God wouldn't have sent him. Amen? If you didn't need him, then, then, then God wouldn't have sent him. John 14, 16 says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Now remember the story I was telling you about the woman when we started out. Of course you remember that. <laughs> Not going to forget that anytime soon. <laughs> Amen. But listen, what was key there and, and, and why I told you that story is, see, she had not died yet. The Bible says that he gives us the helper. The Holy Spirit, even though she did not recognize him before that, other than just some kind of bird or some power that she didn't understand, was with her in that moment. Why? Because she was still on the earth. He, she had not crossed over yet. He was there abiding with her until the very end. Comforting her. Comforting her. And showing her what to do. Amen? Amen. Now, what is it that the Holy Spirit... Now, if, if, if Jesus prayed and the helper came, what is he helping us do? Oh boy, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. <laughs> Amen. Now, the, 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 the New King James Version, that word there, helper, that's the New King James Version. But the, I think it's the King James Version says he will send the comforter. The comforter. Remember, she said that the Holy Spirit was comforting her the whole time. Every time things got intense and she thought she couldn't bear it, he would say, now just hold on, child. Hold on, child. It's just an annoyance. It's going to pass. And he would talk to her and cradle her and show her Jesus. Amen? But that word, comforter, comes from the word parakletos, which is a legal term. That's a legal term. And, and, and what it means is one who comes to help, assist, exhort, encourage, 
counsel, advise, and strengthen. It also means a friend who steps into a difficult situation to defend you from something bad or hurtful. That's a lot of meaning packed into one word. Amen? And that is who the Holy Ghost is for you. That's who he is for you. The Holy Spirit comforts us. He, he teaches us. He indwells us. He reminds us. He testifies with us. And he convicts us. Those are some of the things that he, he, he is doing. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians uh, 2.16. Just back up a couple of pages there. It says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Whoa, that's incredible. That's incredible. Now, how on earth can I have the mind of Christ? I'm just a human, right? I, I don't. Oh, yes, we've got that Holy Ghost. Remember, if I send another one exactly like me, and if he's the one who's instructing and reminding and testifying, it means that he is the genius that lives inside of you. And he has come, you know, uh, 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 I think it's, uh, it's, um, it's Mark Hankins, I think, Reverend Mark Hankins, who always says the Holy Ghost is a genius, and if you let him, he'll make you look smart. Amen. <laughs> the Bible tells us we literally have the ability to, type, to, to, to tap into the mind of Christ through this genius dwelling on the inside called the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't know about you, but just that right there. If that was all he was doing, that's pretty amazing, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? Amen. Amen. Now, I want to point out something else. Not only does the Holy Ghost... Feel love, joy, kindness, experience that and give that to us. Do you know that he's also jealous? Mm, yes, he is. Let's look at James real quick. Go to James in your Bible. You're going to go to James 4, 4 and 5. And it says, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Listen, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, jealously. Oh, so while we're ignoring the Holy Ghost and going on about our business and pretending like he doesn't exist, it says that he yearns jealously. Now, when we hear that word jealously, uh, the word actually in the original, it's like lust, like we would use for lust, except it's not the perverted kind of lust. It does not have the sexual connotation. When you and I hear lust, we think of something perverted, evil. This kind of, of lust is, is different. It means um, an intense, excessive, and beyond the normal yearning. Now, what does this mean? We are the object of the Holy Spirit's love and affection. We are the object of the Holy Spirit's love and affection. He longs for this communion that we're talking about. Yeah. 
He's jealous for it. And when you put these words together, when you put together the words dwelleth, lusteth, and envy, this paints quite a picture. Amen? It, it means that the Holy Spirit is not just this passive partner. He's not just this passive partner that's with us. No, no. He aggressively pursues us. Amen. He, he, he is aggressively pursuing after you. He's longing with great intensity for your communion. Longing for, with, with great intensity. Amen. Now, that's a lot of meaning right there in just one word. <laughs> just one word, right? Okay, now let's look at this. Romans 8, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we see another ministry of the Holy Spirit right here. The truth is, is that we don't know how to pray as we ought. We don't know what to pray for. We don't know. Listen, there's a, there, there's a, uh, uh, you know, a, a command in the Bible that we should pray always without ceasing. Well, I don't know about you, but when I pray in my normal language, that lasts maybe about five to ten minutes, and I'm flat out of things to say. And the only hope I have is to just be repetitive. And, you know, the Bible tells us when you pray, don't pray like the heathen who they just stand there. The hypocrites, they just stand there, and, and, and they pray, and they repeat, yeah. and they... And, you know, vain, empty prayers. How am I going to carry out that praying without ceasing? I'm going to need the Holy Ghost. He's going to help me do that. He's going to help me do that. What's the other thing he helps us to do? Let's look at John 16, 13 through 15. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come, and he will glorify me, for he will take me being Jesus, for he will take of what is mine, what is Jesus's, and declare it to you. Now here's another packed scripture right here. There's a whole lot happening right there about what the ministry of the Holy Ghost is. Amen? Okay, so the first thing we see there is he's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. Now, this has several layers of meaning. Number one, when I pick up, it says, God, your word is truth. Your word is truth. You know, before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I would read the Bible. But I got to be honest with you, there would be whole sections of it. I saw the words. I understood that it was the story. I could tell you what. But I had no idea of what the deeper meaning of that was. Man, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, suddenly it all became alive to me. Amen. See, suddenly I had the very author Amen. who had written this thing living on the inside of me. Amen. And whereas I had read scripture before, suddenly I would read it and I'd go, oh, wow, I get it. I totally know what it means because I had the spirit of truth living in me. But that's not the only meaning of that. You know, there's many things that you, you can't find in the Bible. 
In other words, yes, I can find in the Bible that I shouldn't marry an unbeliever. Uh, you know, unbelievers, uh, a believer and an unbeliever shouldn't be yoked, that I shouldn't sin. And, and, and there's a lot of things I can find in there. But there's nowhere in there that I can find, hey, you know, should I take that job or that job? Should I sell my house and move out of state or should I stay here? You see, there's a lot of truths that you need to know that you can't open up your Bible and find. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost leads you into truth. He's there to help you. Now, just as Jesus said, he never spoke on his own authority. Right here we see that the Holy Spirit never speaks on his own authority. He says he takes the things that of, of Jesus and he shows them to us. And so anything, anytime the Holy Ghost is speaking to us, he, it's as good as Jesus speaking to you. And anytime Jesus is speaking to you, it's as good as God speaking to you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. All separate and yet all one. Amen. Right? And then it says, and he will glorify me. That's what we were just talking about. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He will glorify me. Remember the story I was telling you. One of the things that happened is while she was feeling the pain, the Holy Ghost gave her a picture of Jesus and the holes in his hands. And the piercing in his side. And just the vision of that. Just the knowing what Jesus had gone through. Made her capable to endure this. It eased her pain. She said it, it, it eased the pain. And he, he. It sounds odd. But listen. She said that he told her funny stories. While she was going through this. So that on the inside she was laughing. Even while she was having pain. The comforter. The one leading us and guiding us and taking of Jesus and declaring to us. Amen. The one dwelling with you. The one who never leaves you. Amen. Now, some of you, you've heard about, all of us, you've heard of this, right? You hear about uh, kids sometimes. And they'll say, oh yeah, they've got an imaginary friend. Well, now this is their imaginary friend and he's invisible. And so these children will walk around talking to their imaginary friend. Can I say something to you? You have an invisible friend, but he is not imaginary. He's invisible, but he is not imaginary. And while you cannot see him, the Bible says he's like the wind, you, you, you cannot know where he's coming or going all the time, but, but you sure do see the effects of him. Amen. Amen. And just like that kid will walk around talking to his imaginary friend who's invisible, you should talk, walk around talking to your invisible friend who is not imaginary. Amen. I feel like a, a, a whole lot of what we deal with, a whole lot of what we go through, we could avoid. A whole lot of sin that gets a hold of us. So many, so many Christians caught in sin. And the Bible tells us that the, it's not supposed to have dominion over you. Amen. And so we have to come back and ask ourselves, why does it? Yeah. Why does 
you know, uh, why are Christians just as defeated, just as addicted, just as broke as the world? Now, I just got through reading to you that he gave you the Holy Ghost, another just like Jesus, another exactly like him, exactly like him, and that he's there to minister to us and to lead us and guide us into all truth and to take of what is Jesus's and, and reveal it to us and to give us the mind of Christ. So the question comes, what's happening? Could it be that we have not acknowledged this person of the Holy Ghost? Could it be that we have not learned to commune with him, to recognize his voice, to seek his voice, to spend time being quiet enough to hear his voice? Remember, uh, you know, Mary Friend, she did a lot of talking, and I think that's okay at the beginning. But eventually the day came when she's like, wow, I do all the talking in this relationship. Maybe, maybe... I should just be quiet and listen. And when she did that, after all those months of praying in the Holy Ghost, talking to the Holy Ghost, wow, the downloads were amazing. The things the Holy Ghost had to say were, were amazing. Amen? So, listen. The Holy Spirit is the best friend, the best invisible friend that you're ever going to have. He's your best friend friend. Amen. And as you go through life, the Holy Spirit is right alongside to help you, assist you, defend you, teach you, advise you, and strengthen you every step of the way. Every step of the way. He Remember the, the Lord said that I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Ghost is the person of God who never leaves you and never forsakes you. That means that when you're in joy, the Holy Ghost is there. That means that when, the, when things aren't going well and somebody's died and you're mourning, the Holy Ghost is there. That means when you're facing the challenges of life, the Holy Ghost is there. That means when everything's going just the way you planned it, the Holy Ghost is there. That means when you get up in the morning and you have the worst day of your life, you behave like a total, you know, devil, the Holy Ghost was there. And that means when you get up and you walk with the Lord and you see victory in every way, the Holy Ghost is there. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Don't you think you ought to get to know him? I do. I think we ought to get to know him. Amen. And so this leads us to the question, if all of these great things uh, come with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, why does everybody resist it? Well, now that's a question we're going to talk about next week. (laughs) We're going to talk about what are some of the reasons that people reject the Holy Spirit and, and, you know, of course, I won't be able to cover everything, but we will cover that next week. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. 
and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing it helps keep all these messages free you can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time